Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A gospel reading from the 20th chapter of Luke. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, the first married and died childless, then the second, and the third married her. And so, in the same way, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, To those who belong to this age, marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection From the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for him to all of them are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you, my friends in faith. The Sadducees, they aren't just sad, you see, they're clever. They're trying to trap Jesus, trick him. They're making him answer a question that they don't really have an investment in the answer. Yeah, think about that. It says in the text that they don't believe in in the resurrection. So why do they care who's married to who in heaven? For the Sadducees, it's this life that matters and nothing else. When you die, it's over. The Sadducees uh, reject the immortality of the soul They were wealthy, powerful community leaders who liked to flaunt their status. They would have been proud of this question. It probably was one of those moments where after Jesus left the room, they were like, attaboy, that was a great question. They really didn't care about what Jesus said. It went so over their heads, they didn't even care. In fact, they're the type of people who, when they ask a question... They don't really care what you say because they've already made up their mind. They're not actually looking for new information. They're, they're the ones who, like, they could say, hey, what do you think about this? And they've already shut their brain. They're like, whatever. I already know. I already have it all figured out. And whatever you say, I'm just playing the game. I don't think the Sadducees truly care what Jesus has to say. And I think they're pretty disingenuous. But in my line of work... I get a lot of genuine questions about what's to come and what's next. 
Unlike the Sadducees, when we talk about what's to come and what's next, that curiosity is because we all want to believe that there's something bigger, that there's something more, that this life of ours isn't in vain. So, what is next? Hmm. Now, if you're looking for me to give you a nice, concrete, this is exactly what to expect when you die, sorry, I'm not going to give it to you today. There are so many references in Scripture about what comes next that none of them translate to anything that we could physically see or even imagine that would accurately describe what heaven is like. But I do know that heaven is something greater than I could ever conceive. Scripture gives us plenty of support that Jesus is preparing a dwelling for us in heaven. It tells us that the resurrection is real over and over and over again. Jesus points us to this promise, this hope, this future, that there is eternal life. And with that promise, with this promise of eternal life, we don't necessarily know how everything's going to be organized. We don't know how many husbands this woman's going to have up in heaven. But honestly, we don't need those answers. Because those aren't really the right questions. Last words that Jesus says in today's reading are, Now he's God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all of them are alive. We believe in the living God. The God of heaven and earth. We are all alive, just as the saints are that are part of our lives, who've gone and their earthly journey is complete. We're all interconnected, the saints of this world and the saints in the next. And so today on this All Saints Sunday, the lives of the saints who've gone before us have been filled with stories. We have heard stories of loved ones who have influenced who we are, loved ones who have taught us how to live, how to love, how to know Jesus through their faith. We had a lot of chimes today. Did you notice that? 40 chimes. We've been through a lot this year, Faith. I'm grateful for the phenomenal partnerships that we have, especially with our Forest Lake funeral homes, with Roberts and with Matsons, as well as the occasional opportunity to work alongside Grand Strand Funeral Home. Factor in our staff, especially Deanna, our musicians, Linda and Alan, our funeral meal crew that gathers together anytime they're called upon, Pastor Steve, Deacon Nina, even Pastor Marlene, you've gotten in the mix this year. I think about how important it is for us to walk alongside families who are seeking answers to those eternal life questions. And I, re- I just am struck by how holy this work is. It truly does take a village. So I'm not going to tell you stories about everybody. But one of the gifts of the pandemic is if you missed a funeral or you couldn't be there or if you were there and you wanted to see it again, so many, so many of these funerals are now recorded. And you can go back and watch them again on YouTube. Or you can go to the obituary and click on the link. So it all began on November 1st, 2021. This was our first name that we read off the list, Mary Luke. 
Now, I, I don't know about you, but I've heard of different people's last words. Mary Luke's last words were ones that I will never forget. Mary Luke had just watched her beloved Minnesota Vikings play on Halloween night, and they lost to the Dallas Cowboys. But what's worse, the Dallas Cowboys' backup quarterback was playing, and this game was loser-proof, even for the Vikings. Except it wasn't. And the Vikings epically lost to the Cowboys. And Mary had been unresponsive for days, hadn't spoken. But just as the game came to an end, she perked up and said to her son, clear as a bell, we going to get rid of Zimmer? <laughs> and she died the next morning. And Zimmer didn't last much longer either, did he? <laughs> Fast forward to All Saints Day this year, Tuesday. Gene Anderson died on All Saints Day. And Loanne Mathieson's body was laid to rest. This cycle continues. So what happened in between? Therese Enquist, we remembered her. She, she loved the dark. I went to see her in the hospital, and everything was dark, and she already had a Christmas tree up uh, very, very, very early in Advent. She died in Advent, skipping straight ahead, skipped that whole season of waiting for Christmas. She said, I'm going to go straight to Easter. And so at her funeral, I had to put on glasses, sunglasses, to remind us that this future of hers was so bright. She had to wear shades. I think about how Therese loved Christmas so much that she would go and look for those deals to uh, buy as many Christmas presents as she possibly could for the Toys for Tots drive. When she'd see those huge discounts, she would fill up her shopping cart, and she was devastated that last year, because of her health, she was not able to get any Toys for Tots. And so as a tribute at her funeral, heaps and heaps and heaps of toys came in to be able to give to the Toys for Tots drive. What a gift, literally, to remember her legacy. Speaking of giving, three of our saints who've died this past year served our country in World War II. Think about that. Elmer Stromquist, Reinhold Mickey Lang, and Art Anderson. Now, Reinhold was called Mickey because his ears resembled a certain famous Disney character. Reinhold hated COVID more than you, okay? If you hated COVID, Reinhold hated it more. Mickey hated COVID because it was so isolating. And so a few months into the pandemic, his home health care nurse decided she needed to come up with a very important prescription for Mickey. She now told Mickey's family members that it was safe to give him hugs because that was the prescription he needed the most to be able to have that affection and that love. Mickey also had a very competitive side. Two weeks before he died, I mean, like this was a, maybe 10 days to two weeks before he died, Mickey was playing pool. And he was so competitive that he was excited. He had the winning shot lined up right in front of him. And then this happened. All right. Made it. Nice shot. Oh. Scratch. <laughs> Oh, Mickey. I... Mickey died on his 96th birthday. 
And when he was fighting in World War II, his first lieutenant right next to him was killed. And he always wondered, why him and not me? We had another World War II veteran who had a very similar near-death experience that was so unbelievable that Ripley's Believe It or Not had to tell the story. Art Anderson died. He was 102 years old. He almost didn't survive World War II because he was hit by shrapnel. He lost an eye and he suffered severe wounds and his life was spared because the shrapnel that was going and the trajectory was aimed for his heart was deflected by the Bible, by the New Testament. Thank God they included the Psalms and Proverbs, right? It was just thick enough to be able to spare his life. And so when they pulled out the Bible and he looked at it, the shrapnel had landed on the word clemency. Mercy, mercifully, art had been spared. Think about Rodney. Rodney Erickson, he, I mean, was not a veteran, but someone who was uh, pride and uh, just his patriotism was undeniable. I, Rodney loved his country. He loved his church, and he was so proud of his family. There was always a great story anytime that you spoke to Rodney. Rodney was part of the welcoming committee. I think probably one of the first people I met when I got here, greeting me with a very firm handshake, and it still has kind of not... But he would come and show you all around the church, and as you'd enter this sanctuary, one of the things that he was most proud to talk about was his dad. He'd start many conversations with, my father helped build this church. Speaking of building, one of our most impressive homes that I've ever seen was built by John Fisher, who built his own cabin. But not the kind of cabin that you might think is at a lake that you could go fishing at. He built his own urn. He built this beautiful, beautiful cabin so that when he died, his ashes would go into that, and that would be his home where he would wait for Karen. John is a believer in the resurrection. He spared no detail in this cabin. We had a funeral for a member, Candy Anderson, who lived in Florida, but her roots in Forest Lake had kept her connected, and this was her church during pandemic. We heard the stories of Bill Klossner, who survived more floods than Noah. Each house that he lived in had a flood story. We heard the stories of Dan Paulson, who was gone much too soon, and we even heard how Dr. Messelt would frequently sing, Oh, what a beautiful morning, sometimes just to help calm the nerves of a patient sitting in his dentist chair. One of the stories we didn't know about was Claudia Johnson. And her family insisted that I had to tell this story. So Claudia, beloved Claudia, we knew that she loved her husband George, this husband who was a firefighter who died. Uh, and we knew that George was aware of a secret crush that Claudia had. And it was a little scandalous that the day of the funeral that this had to get announced because it was a little shocking to all of us. Claudia's family insisted that during the funeral, I had to acknowledge her affection for a certain actor, Matthew McConaughey. And any time his Lincoln commercials would come on the TV, she would yell out, Alert! <laughs> I didn't think when I was in seminary that I would ever end a sermon with, all right, all right, all right. 
but there's a first time for everything. Like Claudia with George, we had many couples reunited this past year, some of them within a very short period of time, Jim and then Joanne Parsons, who had funerals just months apart, with the musical talents of Chaplain Tom Nyman, who came to worship here and, and lead uh, worship a few weeks ago. Think about Bill and jo- uh, Joanne Groth, Doug and Gail Holton, and more. Recently, we had a service for Joyce Winnick, whose husband Jerry had just died very recently as well. Now, Jerry is Jewish, and so his service was, uh, was held elsewhere in town with the Masons. But Joyce's funeral was here. And we were able to honor that shared faith in God. We were able to lift up some of the passions that the two of them had, especially for animals, that they were instrumental in establishing the Northwoods Humane Society. And Joyce loved animals so much, especially her cats. When I went to anoint her, on her uh, as she was preparing to go to Jesus, uh, her, her cat Hale was there, making sure that I did everything correctly. And so one of the most important details was that Hale would have a home to go to after Joyce died. And once that was all taken care of, everything was good. But on the day of the funeral, we had an announcement to make. You see, there were more cats. There were more cats that needed a home. And so I stood right here and I looked out at everybody gathered and I said, we aren't letting you leave until every single one of these cats is claimed. And the horrified looks on people's faces And I said, we're going to lock the door. You're going to get a cat. (laughs) And we all got this great memento of a stuffed kitty that her nephew, Ben, bought in honor of her that she wanted everyone to take home. And I still had a few people afterwards who were like, you didn't really mean like a real cat, right? (laughs) There's another keepsake that I got at a funeral this year, though of a yellow crock. And we remember Dylan. We remember all of the ways that Dylan has touched our lives over the years. I'm wondering if there are still orders from Amazon that are coming in because he loved to order stuff that kept coming in weeks and weeks and weeks after the fact. And we truly depended on the promise of resurrection to be delivered. That day, as we gathered and all of his teammates were there, We think about all of the ways that we gathered and leaned upon each other. We clung to that promise of resurrection and that promise of hope. And we have had a visual reminder of Dylan ever since Easter. Maybe you didn't notice this, but Dylan and his family got together in Lent and they worked on a craft. One of the crafts that we had in anticipation of Easter were these butterflies. And so on the cross, we've had these two butterflies just watching over us, reminding us, today it's time to let the butterflies fly home. We have permission to grieve, to mourn, to even be sad, you see. 
we can wonder and ask questions about all of these saints who've left us. But we don't have to be afraid. Our God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. The resurrection is for real. The victory is won. We get to live into that hope and into that promise. Amen. We hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about Faith Lutheran, leave a prayer request, or financially support our mission and ministry, please go to our website at faithfl.org. May God bless you in the days ahead.